My wife uh, subs at uh, Germantown schools a lot. She was a teacher for 17 years in Virginia before we moved here, and she tutors kids as well. And so occasionally when she's over there, I've, over the years, I've gone over to the school, check, you know, had to go by and see what's going on. And uh, I remember one, year, one time last year, I went over to the school, walked in this classroom, and I think she was doing a small, it was a small group of kids, must have been a special ed class, and some, kids, some of the kids I knew, some of them go to here, and some of them were kids I knew from her tutoring as well. And, and, and when I walked into the class, you know how kids kind of, they say something and everybody else keeps repeating it over and over, it's kind of like some little mantra or something. And, and one of the kids looked at me, and, and, and they know that I, normally they see me here, not there. And so this one child looked at me and they said the question, hey, what are you doing here? Hey, what are you doing here? I heard that about 50 times over the next five minutes. All the kids thought it was cute to say that. You know, hey, what are you doing here? And, and I thought about that. You know how you get something in your head? Like the last song you sing today, you will be singing for a while. It just The last song you hear on the radio, you hear that for a while. I heard that, that question over and over and over in my head. Hey, what are you doing here? For a long time. And I began to think about that in the context uh, of, of what we're talking about for the next six weeks. We're going to be talking about the big questions of life, the question of, hey, what are we doing here? What's our purpose in life? What is, uh, what is it that we're, we're here for? Because that's one of the struggles that we have. Uh, so often we think that life, and we struggle with this, we try to make up purposes in life. We think, well, my purpose in life is accumulating things. You know, the more, and I said this last week, the more, some of us live our whole life, you know, uh, getting the green pieces of paper with pictures of dead presidents on them. And, and that might be our purpose in life. Uh, some of us uh, think that, you know, that our purpose in life, our life would be fulfilled if we have the perfect relationship. If we find the right guy, the right girl, that our life will be fulfilled. Uh, some of us think that if we, uh, you know, if we have more pleasure, I think it's a really cool motorcycle sitting out in the lobby. But, you know, if, 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 if we just want, you know, things and, and, and pleasure, you know, I'm, I bet it's incredibly cool, I, you know, riding that thing. I, I'm going to have to see if I can do it. But... Um, some kid a while ago asked me where that came from. I said, oh, it's mine. And they looked at me like, oh, it's not. It's not yours. <laughs> they know me way too much. Okay. But uh, the thing is, is that uh, we have all these different ideas about, you know, about what the purpose in life is. And, and I love the verse in Ephesians 2.10, which says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For we are God's workmanship. That word workmanship uh, is, is an interesting word in Greek. It's a word in the original language that means poem. It means we are God's poem. We're God's creation. He, we, he created us. Now think about what that means. Isn't that an interesting word? Not a, we think about it. It's, we're like some kind of like artistic work that God has made, a poem. Something that flows together, that's what a poem is supposed to do, not the ones I make up, but the ones that, that, you know, that, we, that we write, it, that we do as well. In Genesis, it says that God created everything. You know, in, in the creation, it said he created all things. And then when he created pers- people, up to that point, he'd said it is good. Then he said when he created people, he said it is very good. See, God has created us for a purpose. He, we have a purpose in life, and so often we simply forget what our purpose is. Over the next six weeks, what we're going to do in the series we're starting today called Made, Made to Make a Difference, we're going to look at how God has created us and why that is so important to understand how that works. That it's more than just going through the processes of, of, of just, just going through the processes of just living life and, and going our ways. And, and a few years ago, I was at a concert, a Michael W. Smith concert, and, and in the concert, um, he, 
he talked or he spoke, he had memorized and spoke uh, Psalm 139. The first time I've ever seen a standing ovation for somebody speaking scripture. So this morning, we're going to be talking about that as part of our, uh, part of our message this morning. I thought we just kind of happened to be, there happened to be a video of this as well, of Michael W. Smith in concert, just speaking out Psalm 139, because this psalm has so much to say to us if you think about what it says about how God has created us as unique creations. Listen to this before we talk about what God's Word has to say. You know when you sit in your eyes. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out my lying down. And you are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know again. You hand me in behind and before you. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too lofty. get down and I think about, you know, sometimes you get down and you get kind of depressed and you're kind of like, man, I'll, I'll, I'll turn this, I have this video at home and I'll watch the whole concert and I come to this point and I just realize what God says to us about ourselves, about who we are in Psalm 139. Challenge you this week just to pull open scripture, read Psalm 139 over and over every day. Uh, you can't be very depressed and understand the God who created us and what he's done for us. Today I want to talk about how God has uniquely created us with a specific purpose in our lives. Um, it reminds me of a story that I heard 
Uh, I don't think it's a true story, but um, it's a story I heard of a, of a guy who was uh, in, in New York. He was on the Brooklyn Bridge. He was getting ready to jump. And a policeman came up and put his arms around him and grabbed him before he jumped and pulled him down. And the guy says, let me go! And the guy says, why do you want to jump? And he says, because I have no purpose in my life. I, it's, it's, I just want to jump. And the police officer thought for a moment. He said, I'll tell you what, this is what we'll do. You could talk for five minutes and tell me why you have no purpose in life. And then I'll, I'll talk for five minutes and tell you why you have a purpose in life. And then at the end of those ten minutes, after we've talked, if you still feel like you have no purpose in life, then I'll let you jump. So they had their conversation. Both of them had their conversation. At the end of ten minutes, they both grabbed hands and both jumped off the bridge. (laughs) It's funny, but it's also sad. That so often in life, what happens is, is that we don't know what our purpose is. We don't have a purpose in life that will sustain us. That will give us enough purpose to continue to live the life that God wants us to live. The, the, the purpose questions that so often we don't ask ourselves in life, and we, we kind of think about these all the time, are questions like, why do I exist? Why am I here? Uh, what on earth am I doing? What's the point of life? And that's what we want to talk about. That's what this whole series, Made, is all about, that we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. Uh, and, and we ask those questions sometimes in the transition areas of life when we're going through tough times. Most of the time, we don't even think about those big questions. But when we go through a tough time in life, so often we ask ourselves the question, why am I here? Is there something more in life? The good news is, is that God created us for a purpose. And it says in Scripture, in, in Proverbs sixteen four, it says this. It says, the Lord has made everything for his own purposes. The Lord has made everything, and you and I are a part of everything. He has made everything according to his, for his own purposes. If you're here today and you're breathing, which I think you are unless, you know, you're laying on the floor. If you're here today and you're breathing, you're alive, your heart is ticking, that means that you have a purpose in your life, that God has created you for a purpose in life, even though sometimes you may feel like that life is purposeless. So what we're going to do over the next six weeks is we're going on a journey together. And that journey together is going to be where we look at our purpose individually and corporately. The psalmist, as as it said in Psalm 139, uh, began to get a picture of his own personal purpose. and, And as he shared that, and it started when he began to realize that he was God's masterpiece. God had made him for a purpose in his life. Psalm 139, 13 and 14 says this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. God has some things to say to us about our purpose. Let me share with you three things today that that God's word has to say to us as a beginning point for this whole uh, talk we're going to do over the next several weeks as we share together this whole series called Made. Number one, God created you uniquely. If you have your outline this morning, there's an outline in the bulletin. It's already filled out for you. I didn't want you to have to be distracted, okay? (laughs) So if you just want to kind of like, you want to write extra notes on there, that's fine. If you're like, if you're like some of you are little note takers and I see, you know, you're going crazy writing notes. Other you just sit back and never, never open anything. I, you know, I know one of two things is happening. You're just like me. You go to a conference, you never take notes. You just process things and afterwards I'll process and write down main points. That's how I process. Or you just don't care. So one of the two. So, um. I don't know why you're here then. But the issue is, is, uh, is that this morning, whatever you want to do, uh, just, just to how you, however your, wor- your, your life and your, your mind works, just do it. First of all, God created you uniquely. 
The word wonderfully in that passage of Scripture in, in, in Psalm 139, 13, and 14, that word wonderfully can be translated in a unique way. It's, it means distinct or marked out. It means that you're not just, that you're fearfully and distinctly made. The meaning of the word is this, that the person, as the psalmist talked about it, he realized that he was distinct. He was like no other person. God has created us uh, uniquely. I think we all know that, but it comes to mind for those of us who are parents when we start having kids. We think that if we have two kids, you know, they, they're born from the same parents, they're going to be kind of alike. <laughs> we all come to find out that is not true, and thank goodness it's not true in some cases, you know. You know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> for those of you who have incredibly strong will children, you're going like, oh, God, please give me a passive one. And, you know, but the thing is, is each one is, we don't, the, the child comes out of the womb differently, right? I mean, like some kids come out, you know, just calm as I mean, some kids come out, ah! you know, they're just kind of going nuts from day one. Uh, as a grandparent, uh, just recently for the first time, uh, uh, four months ago, my daughter had her first, our, our daughter had her first uh, child, and so we're excited about that, and with the grandparent, you know, and last night they came over, and Cooper was doing great for about, you know, a few hours, and then he decided to have his nighttime fussy time, and we're so glad we're grandparents, because <laughs> he went home. And, um, but the issue is, is that we discover in our lives that our kids, but it, it reminds us that all of us are unique, even the kids that are born in the same family are unique. God has created us uniquely in life. A matter of fact, the Bible talks, or the world, the creation, reminds us that God loves variety. Let me give you some examples of why God loves variety. Just a few examples from creation. You know that there's over 300,000 species of beetles? Now, I'm not talking John, Paul, you know, those beetles. I'm talking about you know, the beetles, the little bugs. 300,000 species. Now, why do we need that many? I don't know, but God loves variety. He's created that many species of beetles. You know, come to Great Oaks and you'll learn all kind of new facts that are useless. Um, you take the average cubic foot of snow, which I'm not looking forward to, the average cubic foot of snow, and there are 18 million snowflakes in the average cubic foot of snow, and not one is exactly the same. No two are exactly the same. Their, their crystalline uh, makeup is different in every one of them. They're all unique and different. In Psalm 104, 24, it says this, How many are your works, O Lord, and wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. The thing we understand is just, you know, we understand God loves uniqueness. He likes to, to, to make things different. No two things, no two people, no two, two things are alike. Just, just think about the human body and the wisdom that God made in putting together the human body. Uh, for instance, take the foot. Take your foot. No, don't take your foot. Don't hold on to it or anything like that. Just think about your foot for a moment. Uh, do you know that there are 26 bones that make up your foot? According to my statistics. If you're a doctor and you know something different, let me know later. But there's 26 bones that make up your foot. Do you realize that the average person that plays a full game of soccer puts an accumulative force of, on each foot of 1,000 tons of pressure? That's per foot. If you play a full game of soccer, you know, all the kicking and all, puts the cumulative force of a thousand tons. Now, that's a lot of force over a period of time. 
See, we are made to deal with amazing stress, amazing, amazing things in our lives. Uh, the femur bone in the leg, which is the strongest bone in all of the body, the uh, strongest point in our body endures 1,200 pounds of pressure per square inch with every step we take. Now, I don't understand how that works. I'm, I'm not a mathematician. I thought I, it's only the pressure that we, that, you know, mine's 225, okay? And I thought 225 was the right amount of pressure for my foot. But obviously, there's more of that because of the dynamics and the force that goes into that. But it takes an amazing force. That's, that's, stronger, that's stronger than reinforced concrete. God has made the bone that much, that strong. Uh, you know, right now, it is 946 a.m. And the reason I know is that there's a great big clock up on the wall up there. In the back that lets me know what time it is, just in case I forget. You can't see it, but it's giant. I can't miss it up there. It's like six feet tall. Uh, so if you don't believe me, come up here sometime and look up there and you see the clock. But the thing is, it's 9.46 a.m. And let me ta- tell you about that. Say right now you're at home and you're getting ready to eat, eat a nice stack of buttermilk pancakes with, with be- butter and syrup running, oozing them all over them. Some of you getting ready to go up and leave and go to IHOP or something, you know, and get some pancakes. Well, the thing is, imagine that. You take your fork, you, you lift it up to your mouth, and you take a bite. You know that that takes over 30 joints just to do that one action? Just 30 joints. God put together us in unique and amazing ways. It's amazing the complexity of how God puts that together. The brain, the brain that we have is three pounds of the most intricately intricately pieced together matter in the entire universe. Do you realize that the average brain, uh, you can store up to 25 million books of information in your brain? 25 million books, you're going like, I can't even remember what I read yesterday. Well, I'm not saying you can recall what's up there, but you can store it up there. You know, if the memory works, it's just a recall problem sometimes that we have with certain things. But it, that's amazing. 25 million books of information can be stored in those three pounds of matter that God uh, placed in your head. God made all of us with a purpose, and, and he made us intricate, and, 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 and sometimes we beat ourselves up. We have this low self-esteem. We think that we're worthless and we don't matter, but we first have to understand that God created you, you uniquely. Go and read Psalm 139. It tells us that. Secondly, God created you with shape, with shape. Now, what do I mean by that? We're a culture who is, who is obsessed with the whole thing of, of physical attributes, I mean, there was a, I don't know if it's still on or not, it was, there was a, a reality TV show that was on a, a while back called Average Joe. Is it still on? I don't know. Average Joe. Anybody see Average Joe? Would it admit you saw Average Joe? Okay. Okay. Well, it wasn't much of a show. But anyway, the deal was this. They brought people who they thought were average, not the, the hunks. And they came in and they had this really gorgeous girl. And the Average Joes would kind of romance the average, kind of like the bachelor thing, you know, except Average Joe or bachelorette, average Joe kind of guys. And after a while, what they did is they pulled a fast one on, and about halfway through the process, they brought in a bunch of hunks, you know, model-type guys. And the whole deal was trying to, you know, who who's the girl going to choose? You know, the guy who has a great personality or the guy that had great, you know, really flat stomach? You know, you know what's is she going to choose? Our society is so eat up with this whole thing of physical attributes that sometimes we, we the, the persons, most of us are average. And the problem that we have is we don't think we measure up to a certain thing. Then we kind of 
lose sight of what the purpose is. See, in God's economy, there are no average Joes. In God's economy, God says, I created you specifically and uniquely to accomplish my purpose. That's what God says. He created us with shape. And I don't mean physical shape. We're not going to be talking about physical shape so much here. As we're going to be talking about the, the things that make up our shape. It's really an acrostic we're going to be talking about. We talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. In Psalm 139, verses 15 and 16, it says this, My frame was not hidden from you when I made it in the secret place. When I, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. God created us with a shape, with a purpose. And I want to talk, we're going to be talking about this over the next several weeks. This is kind of the outline of the next several weeks. The, the, the word shape uh, is an acrostic that stands for several things. First of all, the, word, the S stands for spiritual gifts. When you became a follower of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us clearly, when you became a follower, the moment you became a follower of Jesus Christ and said yes to Jesus, I want you to be the CEO, the director of my life, then you got something called spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are things which God gave to you that allows you to serve him in unique ways. We're going to be talking about how do you discover what your spiritual gifts are in this series. That's the first part of, the, of shape. You're created with shape. You have spiritual gifts if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Secondly, uh, you have the H stands for heart. Uh, the heart is what drives us, what motivates us, what, what, uh, uh, what our passion is. It gets us... The, it, It uh, gets us to the questions of what do I love to do? See, not only did God give us spiritual gifts, but God created us with a a heart, passions. There's certain things that you love to do that somebody else doesn't love to do. Maybe your spouse is different than you in that. And there's things they love to do you, you don't love to do. But all of us have passions, heart. God created that just as much as he did spiritual gifts in us. And we need to understand that's part of who God made us to be. God created us with shape. Then God, the A in, in shape stands for abilities. Some of you are incredibly mechanically inclined. I mean, you can fix anything. Other people, if you give them a screwdriver, they don't even know which end to use. You know, some of you can cook. Some of you could not cook pancakes with Bisquick if you tried, which all you got to do is add water, by the way. I talked about the pancakes while ago. I thought I'd continue on that That path you know to keep you thinking about that along the way uh the thing is is we some of you have we're going to look at what you know the abilities that god has given you god gave you those as well they're some they're, they're inborn they're things that you can do right you've discovered them along the way it's a discovery process that's part of what god wants you to do to discover the purpose of your life you need to know your spiritual gift your heart your abilities and then the p stands for personality some of you are extroverts some of you are introverts some of you you know just all kinds of different personalities and your personality has a lot to do with what god wants you to do with your life and the e in shape stands for experiences experiences we're going to be talking about this in the weeks ahead god has allowed you to go through a lot of different things in your life different journeys and some of those things have been good and some of those things have been difficult and it's not what i it's not that i think god brings us through difficult things intentionally but god allows us to go through things in our life for the purpose of shaping us and allowing us to learn some things in our life that he wants us to use the good and the bad experiences are things that god wants us to use and it's part of who our shape is that God wants us to, to deal with. And so we're going to be talking about those as well, those experiences in life. And there's a whole bunch of types of experiences that God has allowed us to go through. So God has created, us, created you with shape. And, and also the third point this morning is this, is God has created you to live from your shape. God has created you to live 
from your shape. Not just have shape, but to live from your shape. You know, it's great to have something, but if you don't use it, guess what? It's useless. You know, sometimes I think we miss the point when we talk about these things like spiritual gifts and heart and abilities and personality and experiences. We miss the point that it's not just about discovering who we are, it's, it's about using it. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes we just totally miss the point. It's kind of like the hunter. He went out, this guy was a duck hunter, and he decided to go out hunting ducks. And he took his dog with him. And he took his dog and, and he, you know, his first, a brand new dog. He hadn't really gone out duck hunting with him before. And he goes out and he shoots the first duck. He's over this, you know, body of water. I guess that's where you do duck hunting because the ducks come down. I don't do duck hunting, so I really don't know. But he was out there. He shoots. The duck falls down. He goes, go get him, whatever his name was. And the dog takes out over. And the amazing thing was the dog takes out over the water. He walks right across the water. Doesn't even get wet. He just right on top of the water. He goes out, grabs the duck, comes back. And you go like, well, that was cool. And then he shoots another duck, and he's going, let's see if it works again. And the dog takes off, walks right across the water. His paws are not even wet. I mean, barely even touches the water. Just walks right across the water. And he finally, he takes the duck, and he comes back. And the guy's so excited, he goes out, he, he calls his friend on his cell phone. He gets him to show up. He says, I got the most amazing thing. You've got to see this. And his friend, who's another duck hunter, comes out, and he says, let me show you something. So the guy, you know, the first duck hunter raises his gun, bow. The dog runs across the water, never touches the water, just doesn't get wet, nothing happens on him. And the other guy looks at him and he goes, you know, I I think that dog doesn't doesn't know how to swim. (laughs) You know, the guy totally missed the point. Sometimes in life, we sometimes just miss the point of why God has given us what he has given to us. When we talk about our shape and how God has designed us, and wired us. It's not just to set it aside so we continue to live as if nothing happens. God has given us a shape, our spiritual gifts, our heart, the passions that we have, our abilities, our personality, and our experiences. He's given us all these things so we live out of those things. I really truly think that one of the problems so often in life is we go off on a tangent somewhere and live out of something that's not really who we are. And we struggle with life, and we have, that's why we become discouraged in life if we're not living out of the shape that God has given to us. I've learned that the more comfortable I become in my own skin uh, and, when, and, and know who God created me to be and to live out of that, the more freeing it is. It's when I try to be somebody that I'm not, and I spend a lot of my time trying to be somebody that I'm simply not, that's when I have discouragement. That's when I have problems in life. You see, we feel like we're accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish when we live according to our shape. And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next six weeks, about why it's so important to discover how God has made us. Not only to discover it, but to begin to live out of that. Because if you want to be freed in this world, let me tell you, the greatest thing as a parent you can do for your children is to help them discover their shape. And then encourage them, push them towards living out of that shape. Because all of our kids, all of us are unique in different ways. What we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is we're going on a six-week journey. And uh, we may be, you may be asking yourself, how can I discover my gifts? How can I, um, what can I do from here? It's very simple. It's very simple. I'm going to tell you right up front, this is what you can do if you really want to do, do what God wants you to do. Is we can put our hands in God's hands. 
And we can allow him to do a great thing in our lives as we discover our shape and we allow him to, discover, uh, to use us how he made use. Because God has a purpose in our lives. See, um, a basketball in my hands, a basketball in my hands is worth twenty nine ninety five. But if this basketball was in LeBron James' hands, it's worth millions of dollars, right? Yeah. Um, this golf club, in my hands, it's dangerous. <laughs> Do not get near me because you will get hurt. But if you place this golf club in Tiger Woods' hands, it's an incredible instrument. It, it, it's just amazing. I'm going to watch him this afternoon see how he does with this instrument, by the way. You know, if you, if you take uh, uh, this tennis racket, it's my racket here. I played for 20-some years, 25 years. I hadn't played much recently, so it truly shows. But if you, as much as I've played, if you take this in my hand, uh, you know, I'm not going to do much with it. But if you place this racket in Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal's hands, two top two players in the world, uh, it, they become champions. It's, this tennis racket can be used as a championship tool. You see, if you place your life in my hands, you're in trouble. Or if I place my life in your hands, I'm in trouble. But if we place our life in God's hands, God says, I have a purpose for your life. I have shaped you in such a way that I want you to learn what that shape is and live your life out of that shape. I want you to do something right now. I want you to simply look at your hands. Just look at your hands. And this, is, this is not hard. Just look at your hands and ask yourself this question. And think about it in a minute. Think about how unique your hands are. Your fingerprints are unlike anybody else's in the world. That's probably good in some ways. The thing is, is, is they're unique. God has given them to you, your hands. And over the next six weeks, what we're going to do is this. This is, this is the purpose of the next six weeks. I'm going to tell you the purpose of the next six weeks in worship at Great Oaks. Is that we will commit to doing this. God, saying this to God. God... I'm going to put my hands in your hands. I'm going to surrender my problems and my life to you. Because I know, God, you have made me for a purpose. And God will use them for great things. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says this, By the grace of God, I am what I am. That's what we need to discover, what God has made us to be and live that way. That'll free us up from so much tension, so much stress, so many problems in our life. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.